call unto thee, O Lord, and send down my life to guide us, for we are weak and afraid, and we lack knowledge. There is no one to hear your plea, no one to answer you, no one to ease your suffering. Lord, have mercy upon us. Hey, hey, welcome to the NY Patriot Show. Here we delve deep into the abyss, covering topics such as occultism, spirituality, secret societies, conspiracies, and the unknown. Join us in trying to put these pieces together and figuring all this shit out. The NY Patriot Show. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another NY Patriot episode. Uh, today, I have a returning guest uh, slash uh, listener slash fan. I have uh, Oz. I had him on once before to kind of like tell a little bit of his own personal stories. And I have Matt from our Brains Hurt uh, podcast, one of his other friends that uh Wanted to jump on and just talk shit and, and add to, uh, you know, I guess more weird and unexplainable paranormal type stories, which is stuff I always love. I think, um, you know, especially from people that I think aren't just trying to sell me a bullshit story just to get on the show. I, I think when we hear stories like this, I think to an extent, yes, it can be entertaining, but we should also maybe just wonder or just have a little bit of imagination and be like, how the fuck does this shit happen or what's really going on? You know, that's all. <laughs> Just think a little bit into it because there might be something behind it. Who the fuck knows? We don't know yet. You know, that's why it's called paranormal or occult because we don't understand. So uh, I'll just, I'll shut up and I'll let, uh, I'll have Ace let everybody know some of the shows you've been on. And then after that, Matt, just let everybody know about your stuff as well. Yeah. So um, I'm Oz. I've been once on the, uh, NY Patriot show, we talked about near-death experiences, and I've been on Matt's show, Our Brains Hurt, several times. We've talked about aliens, near-death experiences. Um, we ruined Christmas, Valentine's Day, and in about a month, we're going to ruin Easter, too. That's so great. looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. So, Matt, Matt, please take it. All right. Uh, yeah, my name's Matt, uh, or otherwise known as Matt Alive. Um, I do. I am co-host of the Our Brains Hurt podcast. Uh, I am also lead vocalist in the punk rock band Savage Remains. Um, nice. Yeah, and uh, diving into the world of of the occult and mysticism. Uh, my band kind of gets lumped into the horror punk genre. Uh, we were coined Doomsday Punk, so we like to sing about a lot of this shit too. Alien uh, abductions, you know, monsters, oh, occultism, awesome. all that kind of stuff. Uh, are you, are you, know. you a little bit, not, not that I'm trying to like, you know, I hate, not that I, are you a little bit maybe influenced by the misfits? I'm not trying to say that you're trying to be Abs- the misfits. No, 110%. All right. Yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to put that like on you as saying like, oh, this is a misfits wannabe fan. I'm just saying a band, but I'm just saying like, are you, inf- cause that sounds a little misfits type to me. Very miss misfits was a huge, uh, like influence to our entire band. So, awesome. Nice. I mean, nice. If you, if you Google Savage remains and click on images, you'll see. 
<laughs> You'll absolutely see. That's awesome. Um, well, you know, I'll tell you, they were definitely a band that stood alone, like with their style and everything. So, you know, I, I have to give them credit, the Misfits. Yeah, you know? we we are very much so in in that genre that they kind of created. Nice. You know, they were they were going after the whole Mad Max thing, and and that's exactly what we are. I mean, <laughs> nice. shit. We, well, we like, have a, like the movie. Yeah, like the movie. Like I mean. <laughs> We have a song called War Boys that's like about pretty much just that, you know, war, the War Boys from Mad Max Fury Road. Like, that's nice. great. I mean, yeah. besides them being like, you know, with the music, I always found them as being like entertainment in a way as well, too. Like, you know, it was just. Oh, yeah. They, they we all totally had a show, man, when, that we put on, you know, good. this whole thing. Like, good for you, man. That's great. And all that. Yeah. You enjoy doing it too, as well, I guess, right? Oh, hell yeah. Love it, man. Hell yeah. Love it. Got to travel a lot and do all that kind of fun stuff. You Good know? for you, man. That's what it's all about. Finding something you love doing and just fucking do it, man. Good That's right. You. That's absolutely right. So uh, I guess we'll get into it. I mean, we're going to, I guess, talk about just weird stuff, paranormal stuff, occult stuff, whatever it could be. Uh, I guess whoever wants to start first. I mean, let's just, fuck it. Let's get into it, you know? Ace, you no, want yeah, I think you had, you had some stories you want to tell, didn't you? Yeah, well, yeah, well lead this one off with the... Something that like, um, well, it's something that happened to me when I was very young. I don't even remember it. My parents just told me the story, you know, my entire life. Um, and, you know, it can dive into a little bit of uh, s- several different topics, actually. Um, I think even like psychology a little bit and like the subconscious. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So uh, do we all know like the the myth of like the green man, you know. Yeah, I, if you don't mind, if you want to go into that a little bit, because I actually that's something I haven't touched on, but I actually think that's a very interesting topic in itself. You know, and I, oh, I think a lot of people may be a little misunderstood about the green man too. So. Well, I, I think that's a fair assessment because I think the green man means many different things to many different people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the. So what does the, it mean to you, at least? Well, um, it's, that's interesting because like that kind of touches on like the subconscious and psychological part that I wanted to touch on. All right. So if you want to just start and tell the story and then get into the deeper part, we can. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That'll work too. Um, yeah. So, uh, when I was very small, like two, three years old, um, I, I don't really remember any of this. Um, the only part I remember of it is that I had these insane, like ear infections when I was a little kid. Like I, I remember that part, like my brain remembers the part of like the pain and like the annoyance that I constantly would get these ear infections as a small child. And, and it drove me insane, like very painful. Those memories exist. I have this, Hmm? I swear to God, I have the same thing as a child. I always had ear infections. I just got over one, and I haven't had one in I don't know how long. Oof, and yeah. I, I used to constantly have them as a kid. Yeah. Um, and and I'm glad what happened happened because my memory of them, as I'm sure you are remembering somewhat recently of having it, are, they're, they're horrid. Yeah. So... Um, as the story goes, as both my mom and my dad tell me, they, they tried everything. Um, they, they were not conventional people. So conventional medicine was, was not something that they really wanted to do. So that was like a lot, 
last ditch effort for them. Um, tiny bit of history there. My parents met at like the TM center in DC, the transcendental meditation center in DC when that was big back in the seventies. Yeah. They're both, both very like holistic, natural. My my dad's super into like, that's really cool. A lot of this stuff, you know, like I remember as a small child, my, my dad like actually went to India and like, you know, studied with like Maharishi for, for a while. He he did all sorts of crazy shit, but I remember my dad like, meditating and like trying to levitate when I was a kid, he would, he would actually <laughs> practice. He, and it's, and it's crazy. Like, yeah, my dad's crazy. And it's, it's crazy. Like I remember him like sitting Indian style and like doing this, like jumping movement on like the futon when I was a kid and he would get really high, but like it was this practice of trying to levitate. And, you know, uh, you know, it's really we- now. What, what, did he ever tell you? Well, I mean, you're a ch- you were a kid at this point, right? When this is happening. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you. It's just, no, this, no, this sounds- go ahead. Um, cause there was, I can't remember the guy's name. It's not James Wasserman. It's somebody else who was a big name in the OTO. And I don't know if he left or if he's still in it. He started this thing, I think called the college of Thelema. I think his name is my, is James something as well. And, um, you know, I had watched one of his videos a long time ago when I had first gotten into this stuff. And, uh, he was like promoting, I think like the college of Thelema and like the Astrum Argentum and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, there is parts in the AA where to go up in initiations, there are certain things that they will actually test you on, unlike the OTO. Uh, you have to sit in a pose for at least an hour straight. You have to hold that shit, and I don't know if they still do it now, but like a, a lot of people will tend to use the God pose where you're just sitting in a straight chair for an hour with your hands on your, your lap and just your, your, your back is straight. They'll put a plate on top of your head to make sure you actually don't move. Now, this guy was saying that he, from his own experience and from what he says other people have told him, if you kind of hold that position and get into a deep enough uh, you know, meditation, he swore you can possibly start to levitate. And he said that another side effect of falling into that deep type of meditation when you've held that pose for that long he legit even said frog jumping type movements. That's this so is when you exactly just said that now, it was dad. like, yo, yeah. what the fuck? This is exactly <laughs> the, the shit that my dad used to practice. He used to literally physically practice. And I remember as a child watching him do it. So and- I'm like, I'm wondering it was he was he doing that on himself on his own? Or was that from whatever he was doing, meditating and didn't even realize he was doing it? Well, there's a story about that. Too. Oh, okay, all right. So maybe I should just shut up and yeah. let you go, man. <laughs> Sorry, so I didn't. I didn't see this, but my cousin Anna, who's four years older than me, when she was eight years old, we used to go to my grandma's house all the time, and and uh, so I would have been, you know, about four years old during this, and uh, or my grandparents' house, I should say, and Anna, still to this day, you know, we're both in our forties now, still to this day, Anna swears. That when she was about eight years old, she walked downstairs early in the morning and walked into the living room at our grandparents' house. And my dad was meditating and hovering about three feet above the floor. And she, <laughs> she, and she stopped I- and she stopped dead in her tracks <laughs> and, and said, my dad then without like batting an eye, like his eyes were closed. He, he low, he slowly lowered to the ground and, and then woke up very calmly and, and just saw Anna sitting there staring at him with this bewildered look on her face. And my dad was like, what? 
like, what's what's wrong? And Anna just kind of walked over to him. And <laughs> like, oh, what, what's what up? What you, what you looking at? My, <laughs> and my cousin Anna did not know that my dad was practicing this shit. But she swears when she was eight years old that this happened. Oh, I believe it. I, I believe it. Yeah. And this was during the period of time that my dad was trying to practice levitation through meditation. Yo, I, I, awesome. I, I shit you not. I, I found it one time. I think it was a video, too. And it may have even been like an article in a magazine. It was something to do with like neither with a metal magazine or like the kind of like metal news. And uh, it was the guys from Motley Crue were talking about Nikki Six. And I think there was a time when when that dude was, you know, he was a fucking junk box at one point. And I think they went to his house to try to go, like, talk to him and stuff. And, yo, they said, I shit you not, they said they walked into his house and this motherfucker was levitating in the air and shit in the room was flying around. And they said they walked the fuck back out. (laughs) And they were like, yo, I don't know what the fuck this dude is doing. They even said that and said, yo, I'm out of here. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> like levitation is one of those things that like I, I'm pretty convinced is, is real and exists and can happen. Like just from my experiences in life of the weird shit that I've gone through. Like, I don't, I don't question that one. I think that's one of the things like mind over matter. It's possible. I mean, yeah, yeah. look at remote viewing. I don't think anybody questions really too much remote viewing at this point. If that's possible, Oh, I'm 100% sold that that is possible. What isn't? Yeah. You know? Well, you know, you know what's what? crazy, man? <coughs> go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Amai. Well, I was just going to say real quick, and then I'll let you guys keep going, because I don't want to yeah, keep sure. interrupting this great story. Uh, it's amazing already. Um, <laughs> if, you were to think, if you were to think that levitating is somewhat possible, just entertain that thought, it would be a lot easier to understand how we have some of these huge, gigantic monuments made as well. Yep. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. It might be possible to make I, that shit best, make more sense. Dude, I think frequency vibration is levitation is is quite quite real. I mean, look at Ed Lead Scallon and the Coral Castle down in Florida. I mean, aside from like the pyramids or however you think those things were built, but like modern day evidence of something like that going on, Ed Lead Scallon and the Coral Castle down in Florida, you I, I'm sure you've heard that story before. <laughs> there's there's castles, you, there's castles, yeah. churches, and cathedrals that I can't even. With the way we build stuff now, and the little amount of detail that we put into the stuff that we build, stuff you know, I still can't even think how like certain structures are that aren't even that gigantic. Just the way they were built. How did that get done? Like in such a short amount of time, or or back in the date that it was supposedly made, and you know, like. I don't know. There, there's just something going on, some kind of, I think, technology or way of doing stuff that people know and that we, the rest of the world just doesn't understand. Yep. And, and either we don't know what it was or we do and people are keeping it secret. Yes. All right. So now, now you keep, keep going. I don't want to keep interrupting your stories here. So. Would, well, Oz, was there something you wanted to chime in on somewhere? Yeah, dude, because what you're saying about your dad reminds me of uh, the Armstrong Rico cult. You remember me telling you about them, that one from Japan? Yes. Where the... the, the <laughs> Lead guy was essentially selling superpowers to try to get um, try to get followers, and he was doing yoga and a bunch of other shit like that. But he he was caught like they had a picture of him limitating in a, in like an occult magazine in Japan. And um, what I recall about reading this is that he was essentially just like bouncing himself off the floor like while sitting cross legged. Yeah, that's what my dad did. I mean, to a T. I remember yeah, watching. 
You know, you know what's yeah, funny? He, I've always... he also sold his own bathwater too for to sell it for superpower. So he was essentially doing it long before uh, wow. Bell Delphine was doing it. <laughs> Damn it! How long ago was this? How long ago was this? This was in the uh, let's see. It was like in the eighties, like the seventy between the late seventies, eighties, and they actually committed a, an attack on a Tokyo subway system with sarin gas and. Um, Holy fuck. Yeah, it was. It's nuts. I'm looking up a uh, paper I wrote on it. But yeah, he. Uh, this guy was essentially. He did yoga and a bunch of other stuff, and and bombed places. <laughs> yeah, well, it got to a point where he, he went. He went to Russia at one point, and like he sold his his uh, teachings to people in Russia, and they they loved it, and they were like essentially supplying him with. Uh, AK-74s and all kinds of other shit. So they essentially like built this compound, and very interesting. They like got enough people, like got like uh, plans from from old uh, bomb making plans from, from like the Nazi era, and <laughs> of course back to the Nazi. bombed the Tokyo subway system. It was fucking <laughs> insane. That's insane. Yeah, just, sorry, just all, 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 all that all that to say that yeah, that it was like. Matt's dad, like levitating, reminds me of what this guy was doing. Sorry. Oh, that's it's, wild. It's how it was practiced. My dad was just following the steps that everybody else did. <laughs> that's, that's weird. I find it's it funny fun. that the guy was selling bathwater back then. Like, he was ahead of his time. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah. he got chicks selling fucking, you know, used underwear and bathwater and, like, farts in a jar now. Like, this guy definitely was ahead of his time. <laughs> yeah. So he, he, okay, the guy's name was Shoko Asahara, and he ran an acupuncture clinic and yoga studio. And then, uh, let's see, he grew into a theological movement that uh, promised superpowers to the followers, and that they, it would protect him from the nuclear fall, fallout between another nuclear war between the United States and Japan that he predicted. Um, and uh, apparently he was, he was influential enough where he recruited scientists, chemists, biologists, computer programmers, and, and members of the Japanese military. Damn. Oh yeah, and uh, then yeah, then they be, they they begin producing um, chemical and assault weapons, in, in addition to training their own private army. Holy fuck! Yeah, Crazy. shit was nuts. Yeah, dude. I've never even heard of this before. This is interesting. Yeah, Umshin Rikyo. So it's it's spelled. If you want to look into this and why it's uh, A U M, like the son of Om, oh. and Shinrikyo is S H I N R I K Y O. I might have to look into that. I'll just have you come back on and talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be easier for me, actually. <laughs> you, you know what's another thing I wanted to add to? Real quick, and I'll let you guys keep going. Uh, well, one thing, from my own experience, there's been a f once, at least, for sure, I knew. Um, you know, whenever I've gone into, like, you know, there was a couple of times I had magical experiences when I was, like, in the OTO. Well, a member i wasn't an active member but i was still doing ritual style stuff and ceremonial magic and during one of my meditations you know during like i would if i did my meditations i would normally do one prior and then do one in the middle of the ritual with the i guess idea and intention of what i was trying to get at um there was one time where i had went into something that was very deep and seemed as if i was somewhere that i you know I was in another world. I stepped into an HD TV, basically. And when I came out of it, it was as if I was somehow startled and remember myself like almost jumping out of my seat when I woke up. So like mm -hmm. even then, it's, it was almost as if like some kind of weird 
jumping fucking thing happened to me as well. I may not have been sitting like, you know, Indian style on the ground. But when I came out of it, I was like, like in my chair, like, yo, what the fuck just happened? Like maybe you were like a couple inches off the. I don't know what the fuck it was, but it's. I I thought maybe I just like startled and jumped, and and thinking about like that stuff has always made me wonder about like the whole. There's plenty of things I'm sure that go along with the frog. I think just the noise and the color itself, but I think people don't understand exactly what's up behind like frogs as occult symbolism because I've often wondered if the jumping thing has something to do with that as well. Interesting. Yeah. So, all right, so you guys can go now. I'm sorry. (laughs) Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, well, okay. So touching back on, you know, telling a little bit of some interesting things about my father. Yeah, Um, yeah, this is great. I got to shut up. He's a very interesting cat in himself. He might actually be a good guest on a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, would he come on? (laughs) Oh, he totally would. Yo, would he really? deep into this shit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yo, I'm dead ass. I'll have him on. That would be fucking wild. Dude, my like, my my dad's one thing. My my stepmom's like a you know she's a self proclaimed psychic, median or whatever you want. Uh, really? Yeah, like they go deep into the shit, really deep for okay. years. Okay, like uh, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, we might have to hook that up. <laughs> my my dad will get crazy with this shit, like oh, real crazy with. I'm, it. I'm yeah. totally down for that. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. So, anyways, um. It, it's fun. It's funny too. On a side note, like I remember like seeing my dad doing like the, the frog movements, jumping up and down and not really understanding what was going on. I knew my parents meditated. I was a small child, but I was just, what the hell? So, you know, I'd go into my mom and be like, what's daddy doing? My mom would be like, he's trying to levitate sweetheart. <laughs> oh, that okay. That's oh, yeah, just normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing unusual. <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, the, yeah, my cousin swears swears to this day. She saw me. I believe her, you know, and she says it. Um, I think my dad probably subconsciously somehow achieved this. I don't know. If anybody could, it's him. Well, it sounds like he's been pretty, uh, pretty, pretty much at it for a while. So, I, I would, oh, I would was, hope so. I hope he's getting results. <laughs> he was part of like the Krishna consciousness movement for like twenty years, twenty two years, something like that. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. He. He's. Yeah, like he's got stories. I can't even touch on the stories my dad's got. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but anyways, is that little explanation of my dad and how, you know, they were, you know, how deep he is into some of the stuff. Um, getting back on the green man thing and yes. the ear infections. Yes, sorry. So, no, no, it's perfectly fine. Um, so, after like, and I have to bring this up a little bit to get this story somewhat straight. So after trying everything they could and even going to some conventional stuff, nothing would solve my earaches or my bickering about them as a child. My, my parents and my current stepmom, my dad's been friends with forever. So both my parents when they were still married and my stepmom, my current stepmom, who was their friend at the time, were at this like Edgar Casey thing. It was like, um, oh, let's wow. see. It was, uh, Ed, Edgar Casey Association Research and Enlightenment kind of deal. Yeah, dude, they're in Virginia Beach. Yeah, where where he was speaking. Wow, interesting, and, Edgar Casey. Yeah, and um, my mom. Oh, my mom wasn't at this one. It was just my dad and my now stepmom. Please, please uh, don't tell me they're into David Wilcox now. 
I mean, my dad definitely knows who David Wilcox is. Oh, because he claims to be Edgar Casey reincarnated. That's why I was like, oh, fuck. I hope hope your parents haven't fell for that shit. (laughs) I mean, mean, my dad might be into it. I don't know. My dad's into a lot of different things. (laughs) Right, but so, so, um, yeah. Yo, I was like that one. (laughs) Yeah. So... So, so like, you know, both my parents, I think my dad more so than my mom were into Edgar Casey. obviously, cause my dad was at, you know, research and enlightenment, Edgar Casey's research and enlightenment deal. Well, listen, um, with all those things, I do think there is some truth behind those stories. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to knock yeah, some of those people like Edgar Casey or even Wilcox. I think they understand yeah. and have to, had their own experiences they just totally. They just make yeah. it to a marketable, marketable way to present it. Very, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there was this medicine man or shaman, if you will, that was speaking there. A very famous one who's who passed away in the '90s called Rolling Thunder. I'm not. I've heard of this I'm guy. Not, yeah. So if you if you just basically like Google Rolling Thunder, anybody out there, he'll come up and you. There's a whole Wikipedia page on him. He was a very, very famous shaman or became quite famous um, back in like the mid 1900s, I guess into the seventies passed away. I believe he passed away in 1996. Um, But, but he was speaking there. So my dad and my now current stepmom basically were like, we're going to approach him to see if he can fix Matt's ear infections. So they, they gave him like an offering, um, they presented him with like an offering of tobacco, which is like the traditional way of approaching a medicine man. Oh yeah, yeah, that's not like an unusual. You know, believe it or not, with ceremonial magic, tobacco can be like a widely used thing for certain uh, pa- you know pantheons. That's not yeah, unusual and, at all. Tobacco. Yeah, and so and my and my now stepmom and dad are really into you know Native American shamanistic cultures and things like that, and practicing that kind of medicine. Um, well, Rolling Thunder agreed to try to help me and he took me into like another room somewhere or something and like not for very long at all um and and apparently like spoke some sort of like passage or something i have no idea because i don't remember any of this i was like three yeah into into my ear and then like i came running out of the room basically and was like you know what what my parents have always told me that i said coming running out of that room was like daddy daddy uh the green man came and and saw me and took my pain away oh, and shit. and from that day on for the rest of my life i have never had a single ear infection period that's i've wild. never had that's any wild. issues with any of that shit from that day forward you know, 40 years later now. That's very interesting. I, yeah, I don't remember it, but my, you know, my dad and my stepmom remember it very, very well. Um, even yeah. you even you just saying the green man as a kid. Yeah, I, that's what I came out. The green man came and paid me a visit or visited me or something and took my pain away. Holy shit. Yeah. Hey, Matt, do you think this is the same Green Man entity that they talked about in Hellier and uh, Pennyworld uh, to an extent, or do you think it's something different? I think it 
again, the green man means so many different things to so many different people. Mm, um, right. The mythology behind the green man that is similar in most cases is that the green man comes from nature or is nature or is one with nature or, you know, vibes with nature on like some sort of frequency level. Um, other than that, the, the mythos branches off into like a million different directions. Oh, yeah. So, so maybe, you know, just like a different kind of way. Yeah. Uh, it's funny that you brought up Hellier because that's actually one of the things I was thinking of when he mentions Green Man. <clears throat> Same. And, and why one of, like, one of the first things I think I, I asked you about when uh, I reached out to you was like, do you think that there are, like, <clears throat> there's an ITAR, uh, our, ITAR, wow. I can't, I can't fucking speak today. I can't fucking speak normally, but still. Um, no, <laughs> You're good, man. You're you good. You think there's archetypal energies that kind of exist that will reach out to certain people um, and that not claim, but more or less, uh, like, more like uh, speak to certain people in certain ways. And I, I've, I've had a, a similar experience with the Book of Enoch and how that mythologically ties back to uh, Mercury and uh, yeah, Hermes Trismegistus to an extent. So I, I've been curious if there's something, if you think there's something to that at all. Like with the Green Man itself? Or n- not so much with the Green Man, but like with, with certain types of uh, mythological archetypes. You know, I think a certain, like the Green Man, see that's, I get a little bit confused on it because one, I think like Matt was saying, there was a, there's a lot of different I mean, like, Hellier took it to the point to where I think they started considering it pan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I, I this, to me, what I do know about the Green Man, I, I feel like it's more of, it's more of an experience that you might have had that you were trying to tell uh, in an archetypal way. Like, in my opinion, I think it's more of like a kind of like an attainment or something that you understand now because of experiencing magic. And I think that sometimes it can just, I, I, in my opinion, a lot of pagan gods and a lot of, you know, goddesses themselves are either to like tell you kind of a story of like a, a, a mental part, you know, an archetype of something in your mind or to try mm-hmm. to tell you a story of, you know, something else, you know, to still do with the mind or reality. Um, mm-hmm. it's probably making it sound more confusing, but uh, the green man, I, I think, and and some other things like what I'm getting at, I, I think is just kind of a fancy way to tell an experience, okay. you know. So, I don't know if that answers your question at all, or just makes it even Why? more confusing, you know what I'm saying? Or Why? so, I, or like, or put it this way, like the way you said, like these things might archetypes may talk to you. Is it a type of frequency that maybe you yourself tuned into and were able to kind of hear or experience or understand now? So, I mean, you can even put yeah, it that, that mean, way. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I also want to be sure the way I, I asked it didn't sound more confusing because it, it's a, I wasn't specifically talking about the agreement, but just that there are, I think that there might be certain, like, essentially, there are, like archetypal energies that may speak to certain people more profoundly or more. Uh, significantly than oh. <laughs> sure i think that even goes by back all the way to belief systems that you grew up and knew or understood or yeah. believed in prior 
Um, I think there's ways that like people can have a magical or a out of body or otherworldly experience, and still their brain will decode it to where like you're still seeing like spiritual or religious figures. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It may not really be that. It's just the way your brain knows how to tell you something. Mm-hmm. That, that sounds crazy and deep in itself, but I, I do think that's a possibility. <laughs> I, you know, I, like I think, I think you're onto something there. To be honest, like with that with that way of thinking, like, yeah. I've I've always <laughs> thought of just just through like some experience and then like a lot of reading. Um, I've always felt that like frequency should be looked into more like as well as a system of travel between like realms almost, if you will, I think because you never really get to touch on like people looking into frequency as a system of, of, of transport maybe transporting consciousness from one place to another. Oh, that's what the fuck we're doing right now. Yeah. I mean, I mean the right? way, whole way that we're seeing each other and talking to each other right now is through some like fucking you know, wireless yeah. wavelength that we can't see. Yeah. And is this, you know, is this like the beginning forms? I mean, we've had this for a while, but is this the beginning forms of like teleportation? And you I know, think it's the beginning like, forms of mass amount of people actually using magic. Like you, you know the the actual scientific experiences or experiments that were done where they like they they say they successfully teleported an um like an electron from one place to another, but it was almost like it was an imprint of it or a, or a hologram or a holograph of uh. from you know they they said it's not really like they put it from one place to another. They successfully teleported it as in like the same electron or atom or whatever it was. Um, was basically just existing in two different places. Almost like and, a, and ref, a reflection of itself in, in a sense. Yeah, and, and I think that's how they explain it in a little bit. But, you know, this is, these are actual real scientific experiments that were done, you know, at places like CERN and stuff like that. That's um, interesting. That's actually creepy as shit. Yeah, and, and I think that that's the beginning stages of, like, maybe, or, or they say are the beginning stages of teleportation, but maybe is what we're doing right now, the be- actual beginning stages of it, because like I'm existing sitting here, you know, in my living room on this talking to you, but I'm also existing in your, you're inside my kitchen right now on my kitchen table yeah. talking to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm existing <laughs> there too, right? Yeah. <laughs> you sit on my fucking kitchen table right now. talking. To me. I know. Right. Like, I mean, it's a simplistic explanation, but it's true. Right. That's bugged out though. When you think about that though, for real, right. That's interesting. Well, and why that's similar to how we were talking about reincarnation the last time I was on your show. It's like, yeah, is it meant to be taken as a, a a literal thing that after you you pass onto this life, you move into a different plane, or is it like a moment by moment experience where you you can be completely fine one <clears throat> one moment, and the next your stomach is aching and you have to go take a massive shit. You know, you know what I mean? Like <clears throat> move it, move it up in planes and degrees and shit. That's <laughs> massive shits. <laughs> Oh man, yo, I've never, that stuff. Uh, was there? What about? Is there anything else that you want to just about your father? Sorry to go back to that. Just very interesting. No. Uh, like any more stories with that that you want to touch on? Well, um, uh, there's there's so many. Um, or or your own or your own. Well, it's it's 
it's very weird because a bunch of my like the weird shit that happened to me is all surrounding like you know being like where my dad lived or until I got way older in life into my like 20s um yeah there's just there's there's so much shit to try to <laughs> come through here um sorry I like put you on the spot now no 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 um we'll have to so get Ace to chime in <laughs> the next well so yeah. you know what the next one the next one that comes to mind which is one that I was going to talk about regardless oh nice uh, there you go perfect a little bit older maybe 8 or 9 years old um my my dad lived in this little town in Maryland that <laughs> called Keatesville Maryland it's it's in between the Black Hills and um and Antietam like where the Civil War battle was uh, and Antietam Creek actually ran through Keatesville. Keatesville was a town that was created because it was where the Confederacy during the Civil War set up their headquarters um, at the Battle of Antietam. And when, you know, when that battle was over and the troops left, there was basically this little town left behind where they had their headquarters and like people ended up making it this small town. Um, but uh, like I said, I was probably eight or nine years old. I was few houses down the street playing with this kid who's my friend i think his name was tyler um but his house specifically was antietam creek was right in his backyard there's a waterfall that which was insane um in his yard that antietam creek you know was part of this waterfall um and his house specifically had this plaque on it it was the headquarters building for the confederacy during the battle of antietam this old stone house. Uh, you know, this was the 80s, right? So we were in there as like eight, nine years old, and his parents had like gone to the grocery store and just left us there to our own devices because, you know, you could do that in the 80s with like kids <laughs> who are like eight or nine. You know, they're going to be gone for freaking 30 minutes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just play outside in the yard, boys. Everything will be Yeah, right. you won't even realize where we're going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. You're totally right. You, you know, as, as kids for us back then, because we were entertained with like shit, like with just, you know, kids in the neighborhood or your own yard or actually doing things outside. Yeah. Your parents could actually probably disappear for 30 minutes. You'd never fucking know and nothing would happen. I mean, we were you know outside riding our bikes through the woods for miles yeah, that's, anyway. Yeah, like, exactly, know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I used to have I used to have a dead end by my block with all these bike trails. And, like, that's what I was doing as a kid was, like, jumping fucking shit yep. and riding around in the woods. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah it, it didn't matter back then. It's not <laughs> like it is now. No, Nobody yeah. has to be helicopters now, back then, you know. <laughs> um, But, yeah, so we were in the house, and we were – moving basically from his kitchen to go upstairs. And there was this old like staircase that kind of, you know, one of those old like 1800 staircases where it's a doorway and you go in and the, and the stairs like turn sharp to the right real quick and then go straight up and they were kind of steep and narrow hallway. And so we get into the staircase and we're going upstairs and we hear footsteps upstairs coming towards the, like the top of the stairs from like the left basically. And we both kind of stopped and looked cause it, you know, it was clear as day footsteps, but nobody was home. And, mm. and when the footsteps sounded like it was going to get to the doorway at the top of the stairs, no more sound. And like he, we kind of stopped and looked at each other and he was ahead of me on the stairs. And all of a sudden, like he hits the wall to the right 
which was very strange to me. Cause I was like, like, like I kind of looked at it. You just hit the wall and I'm like, that's weird. What are you doing? And as I'm getting that thought, I get shoved and hit the wall myself. And like, there's nothing there. That's fun. You know, there's no person. And so we both looked at each other and just like ran out of the house screaming. <laughs> and like, I never wanted to go back in that house ever again. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want to either. And, yeah. But like something pushed both of us into the wall. Like it was, it wasn't so much like a push. It was like, it was like there was a body that was walking past us on the stairway very fast or down the stairway very fast and kind of like basically like shouldered us both into the wall. That's wild. Like not, wasn't like real hard. It was just kind of like a, like one of those things like, yeah. Um, strange. Right. But of course, again, in the town that my dad lived in, (laughs) it was, Um, was it, it was known for like stuff like this too. Oh yeah. Keatysville, the black hill, like, so Keatysville right next to the black hills, the black hills are where the whole Blair witch project thing supposedly happened. Oh, Oh, is it really? Burkittsville is right on the other side of the black hills. Yeah. The black hills run right in between Keatysville and Burkittsville. Like, like no shit. As a kid, I got, I got a picture on my fridge actually right now of my, uh, me and my stepbrother sitting in the black hills. We used to hike all through there and camp all through the black hills growing up. We, we hiked the Creek that goes through there. Like, I mean, it was like every other freaking weekend we were in those Hills during the summer camping. So when oh. the Blair Witch project first came out with that, like mockumentary that was on the history channel and they tried to pitch the whole thing as like real, I was like, wait, hold up. <laughs> what, what the fuck? Like, I don't, I don't ever remember hearing about this shit. I, I lived there. Like I, Oh my God. So, so, so they came up with the whole story too. They didn't even make like a movie out of something that was already like a story that already existed. That's, that's why Eduardo Sanchez was so brilliant about this. He came up with this whole mythos on his own, knew the area, knew it quite well, to be honest, because like all the landmarks and shit, coffin rock and all the shit they talk about, that's all real. I've, I've been there. Like, but, but the mythos of the Blair Witch, he came up with on his own. And then, yeah. And then the mockumentary came out before the movie and, and, and then obviously the found footage came out as a movie and they made millions of dollars off like 35 G's. It was was like costing nothing to make too. Yeah. 35 G's, I believe is what they spent. I I ended up looking into that movie when I was a kid at one point. You know what it was, and I'm I shit you not. This is how funny. I'll even fucking put myself out there sounding like a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, I went and saw that movie with somebody. Uh, it, the, I think it was the day it came out. Now, I was, you know, younger. I don't even think I really fucked around with the internet at that point. I really had uh, no idea that it was fake. I was going under the assumption that that shit was real. Well, that was their point. Yeah, 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 I know. But, like, you know, there was people, I'm sure, who went who already knew, like, this shit's fucking fake. I just want to see it. But, like, I really, truly believed it was real. Yo, and I thought that shit was fucking freaky as shit. And, and, yo, I even went, I had just moved out, too, on my own. I just had my own place. And I had went with, (laughs) shit, this is the funny part. I went with a chick that I was just friends with. That we were just friends. We weren't dating or anything like that. It was never even going to happen. 
And, yo, that shit had me so fucked up. I was like, yo, why don't you fucking stay over? I'll sleep on the fucking couch and you can stay in the bed. I said, yo, that shit is fucking wild. I said, and, you know, I'm fucking stoned out of my mind. I was like, yo, that's bugged out. I just, it really freaked me out. And then I think it was like the next day I was telling somebody about the move and they're like, yo, you know, that's fake, right? I was like, oh, thank God. Like, I actually felt better. I actually felt better being like, thank God that's fake. Because that was some fucking crazy shit. They, they like well Eduardo Sanchez like created this like three dimensional like mythos around that fucking movie. The movie in itself, if you just watch it for what it is, sucks. But when you add the three dimensional piece <laughs> to everything or with the mythos of it, like included it, it, it becomes this brilliant thing. Uh, oh that yeah, he, that yeah, he yeah. did, and it, like. That is why I love that whole thing so much. Like, not because the movie's great by any means. It's a found footage thing that they tried to make look real, you know? So it's going to be horrible on screen. Yo, Um, I mean, it fucked me up enough to where I even explained to the girl. I'm like, yo, I'm not trying to, like, fuck you or anything. I'm legit just want you to fucking... That shit bugged me out. Like, I'm trying to explain the situation. That's how fucked up it was. Yeah, even (laughs) if you know it's fake, but you still try to buy into, like, the three-dimensional piece that they set for you. Like, it it, it becomes this really entertaining thing. Cause you you kind of get to be involved in it a little. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It was definitely yeah. uh, it was definitely yeah. interesting. And what's crazy is that I had assumed what's blowing my mind now is that that was a story that might have been like a uh, what are those fucking things like an urban legend. But this, this nope. it was totally made up for that this movie. That's fucking made insane. It up out of thin air, yeah. Because I bet you a lot of people actually think it's an urban legend that a movie was made out of, and yeah. it really isn't but, at but all. But it's not. Believe me, I lived there. It's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna become yeah. one now. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) it's not it didn't exist in the 80s i I lived there fucking clue about that's so funny so yeah when you saw the movie coming out you must have been like yo what well i saw what have i I been missing out on i've never heard this (laughs) i saw the documentary first because they released the documentary about two weeks before they released the movie so they didn't give it a lot of time to resonate and people to like dig shit up and debunk it they released that and then boom, hit, hit the movie theater and the, all the people that saw it on the, cause it released on the history channel uh, and it was like literally as a mockumentary, you know, it, but they presented it as a documentary. And then after the movie, they were like, no, nah, it's all bullshit. We, we just did this thing to like suck people in. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Damn. That's it sure reminds me a little bit of uh, Cloverfield. You guys remember that shit? That was like in 20, 2007, oh. I think. And they had the, like the viral marketing for that show was brilliant. Cause they had they gave the uh, the characters MySpace profiles. Oh, dude! And they would uh, they updated it, uh, the profiles like every day up until the release of the movie. They they literally followed Eduardo Sanchez's business model with a budget. That's what they did. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I it's never the, I never <laughs> saw that movie actually. Uh, it was it was okay. It was interesting. I think the best part of it was the, the was the the campaign itself leading up to it with the with like the MySpace profiles because apparently the from what I recall about it the. People who was running the profiles like interacted with people who were like posting and commenting on the walls and shit, and so it made it kind of more immersive. Yeah, but yeah. Like for for me, it was like I saw the movie. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. But then it was it's kind of just like anything else where it's easily forgettable. Imagine those were all the precursors to QAnon. <laughs> <laughs> what was <laughs> what was the uh, or the, like the cicada most... three three or whatever that three three oh, one of that shit yeah. too cicada three three zero one yeah they're what, like well if people the... believe these fucking bullshit movies were fucking real and that these fake accounts were talking to them maybe we can pull this off 
<laughs> what was the, the most recent episode of Penny Royal? Didn't they touch on um, uh, what was the not the not the cicada thing, but what was the other thing we were just talking about? Um, oh, you guys are friends uh, with them, right? Penny Royal. No, I'm, no I'm, we just, I'm not. No, we just, oh. to them. Uh, we just both really like that podcast. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? I, I've I've contacted them a few times and they've read my messages and never responded. So I'm going to call oh. them out right now. Penny Royal, I would like to have you on my show. At least answer me and tell me to go fuck off or just ask me, like, all right, what's up with the date? So I'm putting that out there now because <laughs> I do want to get you guys on my show for shit like this as well. So, uh, so all right, I'm done. Go go ahead. <laughs> no, no, so, so I found where we were talking about, man. You said because it, it went into, like, the inner earth theory, and then, um, you, Matt, you said you think it was a – you asked me if it was a slap. I said, uh, it looks like according to, to that, there's like subterranean civilizations where lizard ass people <laughs> coming to the, coming to the sur- service. It's like in the Hindu scripture. So there, they, they, there's yeah, one, yeah. um, there's one, uh, like a, it's like an epic poem called the Ramayana that that's in, um, it's in Hindu mythology and shit like the gist of it is that he's trying to save this girl he's trying to save like his his wife or whatever and she i I think he accuses her of being unfaithful unfaithful to him so her parents come like come from beneath the earth with like their lizard guards like her parents like a can can a queen she's a princess and they have like their lizard guards with them and there's like uh there's this it's an animated thing that i saw where the like the, the ground literally opens up like a cave comes out opens up there's like a stairwell that comes out of the ground these lizard guards come out, her parents come out, take her, they go back beneath the earth and Rama and his crew are seriously laying around contemplating the, the nature of reality. And I said to you, Matt, like this is literally the ending of the series. Cheers. Like <laughs> yeah. they're just sitting around contemplating reality. Wow. That's right. That's right. It is. It, they, yeah. Literally. You know who also went into that whole idea too? Hellier as well. Not to get back yeah. on them, but they're into that idea with the, uh, like some lizard people coming out of a fucking cave or some shit too. Right. Uh, I think, yeah, it, yeah, it, it was something like that. May, the, I think they were chasing the Kentucky Goblins or some shit, weren't they? Yeah, well, the, yeah. The, the whole thing surrounding that whole that guy, the Hellier, and now the Penny Royal podcast or Kentucky that area is surrounding that system of caves, which is like the largest system of caves on the planet, and different people having sightings of things that they all kind of you know describe as being the same, but have called different things and they're so far away from one another because that cave system is so vast that you know i think that whole thing is trying to connect the dots between hey maybe these things are all the same things that people are seeing they're just in different areas and different people call things different names yeah i mean there's there's evidence of that all over the world with people just with art and you know or other pagan pantheons i mean telling the same stories you're just drawing them differently and giving them different names yeah and and being that they're coming from caves and mines uh some people are drawing to the conclusions that hey maybe these things are coming from inside the earth yeah that's uh that's like, a very interesting idea or, you know the inner earth, if you will you know it's funny with that that show uh hellier that guy alan greenfield i mean did you guys watch the whole series yeah yes i i think bit, yeah Sometimes I, you know, who know, who knows the situation with that show? If it was legit, if it was all scripted, yeah. who the fuck knows? But I think the fact that once Alan Greenfield gets involved in that show, you should start taking it with a grain of salt. 
after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I don't know if people really like he is he is or was like a legit high, you know, he was up there in degrees in the OTO. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so shit. at that point you have to start wondering how much is a psyop or how much is bullshit coming out of this dude's mouth. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, you know, the first season of Hellier was them going somewhere to try to make a documentary and it it and changed they, they, once they kind of started fucking with him, right? Wait, well, well, yeah, not in the first season. This is the second season, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, second season, yeah. yeah but the first season, right, they were trying to make a documentary, ended up running into way too much shit to make a documentary, so they decided to make a small series. That small series kind of went viral a little bit, and then they got a budget and made season two, and season two definitely is geared way more towards, like, the entertainment side of things. Like... You know, yeah. like, and it won all sorts of awards, which means it was marketed. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, It won awards because so like, it was marketed. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, season one, I think, holds a lot more water to me than season two does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a very that's, good way to put it for, for me as well. Yeah, on. but either way, like, I'm not dissing the show at all. Yeah. Either way, it was very entertaining, and I loved it. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I watched that, I think, <laughs> yeah. at the beginning of the pandemic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I unfortunately didn't find it at that point. I, you know, just recently, like, because Oz turned me on to it, so. Uh, no, it was a it was a kind of a talk among, like, OTO people because, oh, you know, they supposedly mentioned Thelema, and there's a guy from the OTO in it. So I was like, oh, I guess I got to check this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry to get, go back on hell yeah. No, shit, I don't know. You know, they, you know something I wanted to, to add with, uh, and I say, I say it a lot, and uh, I think, you know, even, I'll even say I think David Icke, he is somebody that uh, has brought us a lot of, I think, knowledge, if you understand how to read what he's saying. Uh, you know, he goes into the whole moon and Saturn matrix, which I think is very Kabbalah-based. I think he gets that straight from the Kabbalah and just doesn't say it. You know, he just kind of dances around about how he has that idea. And it does make sense to me as well. But even when he starts touching on the reptilians and reptile beings, I do think that those are um, archetypes, again, for an experience or something that's happening or a change within oneself that people are uh, taking as a real legit thing. You know, I think it, you know, that reptilians, when you see it portrayed in old uh, pagan stuff or like, you know, sculptures or art or, you know, told like from like David Icke, I think it's more of a symbol, really. I mean, when what I'm getting at with the reptile thing is like Crowley has his own Baphomet, all right, his own Baphomet symbol, and it is like a reptile body with a Leo head. The reptile in ceremonial magic is very much of uh, fire. It, they can all represent fire, and that would be spirit as well. And then with the lion head, you get into Leo, and that would be fire again, but in you know an astrological sense. So I think what that symbol is showing you is spirit here in the earthly form and then spirit out in the abyss. I do honestly think a lot of lizard symbology is just showing people crossing the abyss or people being able to do that a lot. Like people who actually mm -hmm. practice magic, like real magic. That's what I think a lot of reptile stuff is showing you. Like you mentioned before, I think the story as the girl was a princess, right? Uh, yeah. And then it's, they, uh, yeah. 
And then, like, it, what eventually, like, the reptiles came out of the cave, right? Yeah. I could also one. see that, like, in magic, there is a formula called the yad Hey vad Hey formula. That's the king, the queen, the prince, and the princess. Uh, the prince and the princess are basically, like, would be here as the rep, uh, kind of just, like, as the human, you know, as a regular person. Once you cross over and start becoming the queen and the king, you're kind of technically going into, you know, astral travel and heading over into the abyss and clicking out of time and space or whatever. As it depends on how far you want to take that magic goes. Uh, so, like, the reptiles bringing them, like, into a cave, to me, would still represent, like, crossing the abyss or... You know, going through a hole or the all-seeing eye or something, you know. For me, just looking at it symbolically, I could see how that story might be explaining the princess crossing over to becoming the queen. With moving from one realm to another. Yes, kind of yeah, thing. yeah. And, you know, kind of like an initiation going up that formula, too. You know, it's kind mm -hmm. of like a big graphic way to tell you an experience or an ascension or an attainment, you know. My, it's on. Go ahead, Matt. I was gonna say my my intuition is taking me to a place of like you know chakras or or the different levels of dimensions <laughs> throughout like you know throughout like spiritual thinking and stuff like oh, that. Oh well, I mean, look how much snakes are even used as a you know. I mean, going up your chakras. I mean, that's snakes can be used showing that. You know, like there is a lot of symbology that can even show how that would represent to energy or spirit within. You know this this world itself. It's not always like Lucifer, you know. <laughs> yeah. Or you know, yeah. it's not always the snake in the Garden of Eden. It could actually represent something as different as well. Totally. It makes me think of alchemy in in a sense where the yeah. at least in in Jungian or depth psychology, which is like the the psychology of Freud and Jung, where it deals primarily with the unconscious to to a large extent, but. Uh, Alchemy was all looked at as two things. One was the the actual chemistry of, you know, changing uh, lead into gold. But I think the easier way to understand it is as a spiritual practice, where you can go yes. through different levels of development uh, uh, and cultivation of the soul. If that makes sense. Yes, no, I think you're nailing it. I think that honestly. There's people that I know that have spent like months, if not years, actually trying to do like real alchemy and just like making labs in their houses and getting nowhere. Then there's some people that I know that supposedly have, but I do think honestly a lot of it, I mean, I'm sure there's a science to where maybe you can do that if you understand magic, but I do think it really is more of alchemy of changing mindsets changing how your brain's programmed, changing belief systems. It's really much more of inner work inside yourself. I think alchemy really is, is all about. That makes sense. Yeah. No, I really, and I think that has a lot to do with how you get different obtainments or experiences going up the tree of life or just, you know, spiritually is because you're going to have to reprogram probably most of your beliefs that you've been programmed with, you know, and it's become popularized too, which I, is not a bad thing. You know, yeah. like people like using like um, mushrooms and stuff to microdose to like reset their their neural pathways. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You know, I've had a lot. You know? There's a lot of people I've come across that have had you know have some amazing stories, and I'll probably have them on. It, unfortunately, it's, I don't want people to take it as me like promoting drug use, but there is people uh, who I mean, listen, I've had some 
wild experiences on shrooms when I was younger. But, uh, <laughs> but like, I, I, there are some people who have had experiences on that stuff that I really do think, like, it's not, there is something there with that uh, stuff. Uh, absolutely, there is. Um, like, I will not deny I mean, that. I'm not saying I'm promoting to use it to have that experience, but there are enough people that I do think are having legit spiritual experiences with that shit. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I can't, I can't fact, deny like, that. Yeah. As a, Oz and I kind of met over talking about, um, a, uh, I don't even know what to call it, a lore kind of, do you, have you ever read like Carlos Castaneda or no. know who that is? No, but I've heard the name. Yeah. The, Carlos Castaneda's books and stories are pretty insane. Um, speaking of uh, using psychedelics to basically get to a place called that they call the dream world, but it was with uh, a shaman named Don Juan Mattis, who kind of, he was an anthropologist, not Don Juan Mattis wasn't an anthropologist, but Carlos Castaneda was an anthropologist and tells stories of meeting this shaman named Don Juan Mattis and through peyote him, like basically opening Carlos Castaneda's eyes to, this other realm called the dream world that is a real place that you get to with enough psychedelics versus just being on drugs and hallucinating that uh, there's a level you can get to and, and basically cross over into this other realm. And the books are fascinating, but there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of naysayers to this. A lot of people don't even think that Don Juan Mattis was a real person that existed. They think that Castaneda just made all this up and became very, you know, famous and even somewhat wealthy off of it. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of questions about that as well. Mm -hmm. um, it's a, very fascinating stories though. Oh, definitely. I, I definitely think there's something behind the <coughs> like natural things that grow that can make, you know, like peyote and uh, mushrooms and DMT and shit like that. Yeah. It's uh there's, there's a lot of interesting stories behind. And, and you know, <coughs> you know, what's, Funny too, especially with DMT that I've heard, you do also get a lot of people talking about seeing reptilian figures. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's <laughs> it, fucking weird. One, actually, to, to even touch on that, one of the things that so uh, that supposedly Don Juan Mattis is it, here's another story about my dad a little bit, right? Uh, we'll, go, we'll go back to that. We'll come full circle. <laughs> supposedly, in some of these books, Don Juan Mattis, the point of opening Carlos Castaneda's eyes to the real true like universe. Uh, you could get there using some of these psychedelics like I peyote, which is that, which was their form of, of originally their form of, of, or at least his form of teaching Castaneda about this stuff. But what Mattis tells him is that there is actually this exercise that's somewhat like meditation, somewhat like yoga, maybe a combined of the two that they call tensegrity and tensegrity is this thing that you can practice that essentially opens your pineal gland without having uh, to use drugs and you can travel into this realm on your own. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I think magic is. I'll just leave it at that, but I just wanted to say that's exactly what I think magic is. Right. Yeah. So, and, and so then my father actually went down to wherever it was, New Mexico in the seventies and, took these seminars with Carlos Castaneda. <laughs> Again, my dad, very into this stuff. Um, love you, dad. <laughs> um, and, and he could tell this story much better than I, but he went down there, studied, and learned tensegrity. 
And as my dad tells the story, my uncle, who at the time, very conservative, uh, his, his older brother, uh, very conservative. And my dad was telling him about all this stuff. And my uncle was like, you know, bullshit. And, and <laughs> you know, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And, and my dad's like, no, seriously, there's this thing you can do. You can get there if you practice it. And my uncle was like, all right, teach it to me and I'm going to prove you wrong. This is, this is how the story goes. And so my dad came back and spent a few weeks with my uncle teaching him about tensegrity and how to do it. And so my uncle started to practice it on his own after that, trying to prove my, my dad wrong. And he kept getting better at it, kept getting better at it. And then, and then one day, you know, he started, he apparently started to realize he had a good grasp on it. And then after he was finished, he walked into the bathroom and looked into the mirror and, you know, just, you know, walked in the bathroom, like use the bathroom and just happened to look in the mirror kind of thing. And his eyes were apparently like, like bright green shit was like shooting out of his freaking eyes. And, and it freaked him out so bad that he like ran out of the bathroom and like, you know, like basically had like this like panic attack or whatever. And then, eventually contacted my dad eventually contacted my dad and was like you were right this is real fuck you i'm never doing this again <laughs> and and that's as the story goes that, Yo, that my dad wild. tells yeah <laughs> green but, too yeah i tell you I, I tell, my dad would be a good guest he's got these <laughs> Yo, for real no 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 definitely we're definitely going to talk about having your father on oh yeah he, he gets he, I'm, and i'm sure he'll listen to this too and be oh that's great good quite entertained yeah good. i bet you and not even yo and if he's listening not even to diss your stories i'm just truly interested in hearing him like yeah, it's, it's like, not yeah, like out of it. like I'm trying to just laugh at something. I'm truly interested. No, I, yeah, it, and you know who knows whether, whether any of this stuff is real or not. Who knows? But like, these are my dad's real life stories. I mean, listen. There's something regardless. I mean, there's something in the in that person who you know in anybody. There's something that happens that makes you believe it. If it's experiences like that, there's something that makes you really believe that it's real. I mean, it's real to that person anyway. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it is. Regardless if their mind made them think it was there and it wasn't, which is a whole other fucking question. Yeah. Which we should be questioning in itself. How does that even happen? <laughs> you know, or did the person really see it? And then that's even just as fucking crazy, if not even worse. <laughs> so Yeah. How do they say these days? Uh, perception is reality, right? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah was it odds? Is there anything you want? I feel like we kind of just like been going on and not letting you say much either. No, no, I mean, like, the, the, uh, I didn't want to say this in front of, like, during Matt's store, but it's like, his uncle walked in the bathroom and looked in the mirror and saw Bloody Mary, and then he ran. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm playing this out in my head, and it's like, he walks into the bathroom, and he saw all of a sudden runs out, it's like, did he, did he use, like, a big shit in the toilet or something like that, something that scared him so badly he couldn't go into the bathroom again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> these are the things that go through my head so i, yeah. I didn't want to say that it ruined that story no he he basically did traumatized the adult, him. The adult version of bloody mary yeah that's fucking wild <laughs> fucked out story oh man that was good uh what about anything else oh you know what we didn't uh get to well that's actually uh maybe we'll kind of wrap it up soon anyway but i forgot to have you plug your show at the beginning 
Um, is there anything else you wanted to cover before we wrap it up? Um, I mean, there's, I think there's one other story of a thing that happened to me that's worth talking about. All right. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Cause this, th- like those other ones were all early in my life. The one, you know, I, I had one other one in my twenties that was, oh, okay. is just small and, but I really hadn't had anything happen since then up until recently. So like within the last two years. Oh, okay. Um, and this, this, I've told this one on our show before. Um, I haven't talked about the others. Generally we don't talk about stuff like this. We do a little bit, but it's mostly about punk rock uh, yeah, yeah. and music. But this one, this one was, was weird. So it was, it was during like the COVID lockdowns. So, you know, I was just at home and, uh, but like, trying to think of what what preceded this okay so i used to have this big huge comfy chair like right over here this giant leather chair i used to sleep in a lot because it was one of those big wide ones you know super comfortable i had fallen asleep in that chair i was here by myself um and i wake up in the middle of the night and um I I immediately realized, um, I was like, oh shit, is this like one of the most lucid dreams I've ever had in my entire life? Or is this sleep paralysis? I've read stories about sleep paralysis, you know, and heard things, you know, not something I'd ever experienced, but like I I wake up, at least I think I, I woke up and it's either one of those two things, a lucid dream or sleep paralysis. To this day, I'm still not sure. Um, but like, I can't really move and I, and I'm definitely aware, you know? So I'm like, this has to be like a lucid dream or something. I don't know. Um, but I'm laying there for a few minutes, just kind of like trying to understand what's happening if I'm in a dream or, or it's that. Uh. And I, and I start to see like my front door has these like three windows in it. And I start to see, cause I'm in my living room at this point. That's where my front door is. I start to see like this light kind of getting brighter outside of the windows. And it's kind of like purpley and goldy, you know? Um, and if this was a lucid dream, like I remember every little second of it and still do because it impacted me that much. Um, you know, you mentioned that you saw colors. Did the colors or did the, did, did the, I guess, did the vision or the colors of the situation seem any different than real life? Not really. Oh, okay. All right. No, because I know sometimes I've heard people say that colors seem to be very bright or fluorescent almost. I think mean, they were. They were. They. It was weird. It was kind of like that That color of like the sunset when like the sunset gets really like purplish orangey. Oh, it got. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, it gets real, real bright outside the window. And then like the the deadbolt on my door slowly unlocks itself. And the door comes open slowly and this thing comes floating in. Um, and it was like, it was like the upper torso of kind of humanoid shaped without arms, but there was a clear head and shoulders and then the rest of it kind of died off. But it was like resonating this, like that kind of color I just talked about plus kind of like staticky and it floated in my living room, floated over to above me. And then like kind of bowed what would be its head in towards me. And 
and the head like kind of came out of the the staticky light it, like like th- like it was so- kind of some sort of like force around the thing and it like the head came through it and showed itself to me and it was like this weird like triangular like almost anteater looking thing and and it was like coming towards my mouth like kind of like it was wanted to insert something in my mouth kind of like a <laughs> Yeah, I, kind of, you know, kind of like the alien face hug. In a way, I guess it's the best way I can explain like, oh, it. Fuck. Yeah, it, you know, just, like I said, if this is a dream, it's a dream, a lucid dream, or whatever. But I remember yeah. it very vividly, and and uh, and so I was like trying to move my arm up. I wasn't like scared, but like I didn't want it to do that. And I was trying to like move my arm up to put my hand in front of my face, and and uh, and it kept just like using like an arm kind of would come out and just like slowly let like gently like push my arm back down and I had no muscles to stop it. And then whatever it was like reached my face, then everything went black. And then like I woke up at some point, but like I felt like from the moment of everything going black to when I woke up was some time later. Like I at least slept for probably, you know, another like three, four hours. And that's what it felt like at least when I woke up and I was like, as soon as I woke up, in the morning, you know, it was like light outside. I immediately remembered what happened. And I was like, well, that's fucking weird. <laughs> I was like, was that sleep paralysis? What was that? Lucid dream? I still don't know to this day. But not, so not that morning, right? When I woke up and was like, what the fuck happened? The following morning, I wake up from sleeping a night. Nothing happened that night. But I wake up in the fucking morning and, and I got, I have pictures of this shit. I looked down, like I just happened to catch my foot. Like I look, you know, my, cause I'm in my chair and my feet are out in front of me like this. I, I see something on my foot and I'm like, fuck is that? So I look at I got these three little dots on my fucking foot in the shape of a triangle. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm not shitting you. I have pictures of it. <laughs> and I was like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> like I have that dream the night before that. And then, you know, two mornings late, I was like, so I was like, don't, I was like, don't Google this, Matt. Cause I'm like trying to Google it to see if there's like (laughs) some sort of like insect or something. So I fucking Google it cause I'm dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you did. And the internet immediately tells me I've been abducted by aliens. Right. Which is what I was expecting. (laughs) You know, of all the things that Google censors in the world right now, I can Google three three dot triangle wound and fucking Google just runs rampant with telling me that I've been abducted by aliens, you know, in the age of censorship. They'll tell me that all fucking day long. Yeah, right. (laughs) They tagged you, Matt. They're using your essence to harvest your past alien offspring. God, right. So fuck me. Um So I'm like, what the fuck? You got to be fucking kidding me. Like I have this dream and then this fucking happens in a span of like 48 hours. I'm like, no, no. I'm like, nah, <laughs> <That's laughs> <fucking weird, dude. laughs> like, like, come on, come on universe. What are you doing to me here? Um, yeah. So, right. Well, nothing, nothing happens immediately after that, you know, the, the three dots stayed on my foot for probably like two fucking weeks before they disappeared completely. Uh, um, it's just so weird. It's a small little triangle. So fucking weird. Um, so, and, and, and probably about two weeks later, 
around the time they completely disappeared. Um, I was laying in bed with my girlfriend and it was like, I guess real early in the morning, maybe like 5am, 6am. For some reason we, we had woken up, but we're both laying there and fucking this even fucking makes the story weirder across the fucking roof of my fucking bedroom. Doom, 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 doom. Like across, like from one side to the other, like fucking human footsteps. And we both are like, what the fuck was that? Oh, and my she heard it too. My girlfriend's like, yeah. She was like, was that a possum? I was like, have you ever heard a possum like make footsteps like that heavy? And she was like, no. It's a fat motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, that was, yeah. Well, I got up and like ran into the living room and looked out the back window to see if like there was anything back there. Nothing. Like my deck is so rickety and old, you know, the side of the house is tall enough that like somebody would have had to put a ladder. You would have heard it. Like yeah. there's no way somebody actually was fucking up there without like my, my deck's old and rickety. You, anytime anybody walks across it, you immediately hear it. There's like this, you know, one of those like little metal gazebo things up there that you weren't jumping off either. Like, right. Like, like, no, that, yeah. Like nothing jumped off. Like, <laughs> yeah. You would have heard that. Seen it. Yeah. I, I would. I, yeah. You would have heard it. I would have fucking seen it too. Like, Matt, are you sure there's somebody parkouring off your roof? Uh, no, we're not. <laughs> completely. We're sure about this. Is there I'm any trees completely. next to the house? <laughs> I mean, I'm not completely, but like somebody would have had to done that real quick, completely silently and yeah. gotten the fuck out of there in like a matter of like fucking three seconds. It's, it's like, like some ninja shit. Yeah. And, and why <laughs> I live in the, why, why would have that happened? Yeah. You know? <laughs> At like five in the morning. Um, it, it was weird, but yeah, my girlfriend heard it too. Um, yeah, it's just out. another weird thing to add to that story that I have no fucking idea what it was. And and like I hear shit running on my roof all the time. There's all sorts of fucking squirrels in my neighborhood and city wildlife. I live in like a city neighborhood and like squirrels run across that roof all the time. We got raccoons up there sometimes. I've heard it all. Nothing sounds like that one time. That was the only time anything like that I've heard fucking run across my roof. Like squirrels try to get in my fucking attic all the time. Like I always hear shit up there. So it's not like, you know, I'm not like akin to hearing shit run across my roof. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and you know, the difference between like, you know, I know the squirrel, my fucking squirrels. It's like every day. It's an everyday thing with the fucking squirrels. (laughs) That's that's fucking bugged out. I don't know why. Whenever I think of triangle shit too, I always think of the supernal triad on the Kabbalah tree. So, it's a very just weird thing. The triangle itself, I think, is very just like you can be widely used as an occult image easily too. It's just weird. My 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 point going very very back to the beginning of this podcast when I was talking about even a little bit some of this being like psychological or like um yeah well psychological stuff like psychology being involved in like your subconscious in this. Uh-huh. I I think that because of like that experience that I had that I don't remember when I was like three years old. I think that ingrained in my subconscious is this experience that I had that I don't remember that leaves my brain kind of in tune with some of these things. I mean, I'm sure my dad, you know, being into this stuff plays a factor into that too, from me being around a lot of talk about this kind of stuff for my whole life. But my subconscious is in tune with something that an experience that I had that I was very little that I don't consciously remember, but subconsciously my brain is kind of locked into like 
being a part of some of these weird things on some level, you know? No, I totally why, agree with that. I totally agree. Yeah. Why I've had the experiences that I've had. Cause I've had others too, that are fucking crazy too. Like, <laughs> I, I think, um, you know, I think part of the problem with humanity or basically right now is, well, one, we don't have much of an imagination anymore. You know, I think we got a whole bunch of bullshit going on in our head and, uh, you know, like I had Tommy Chong on that too long ago, and I think he actually really said it in a good way. And I kind of like to use this example, maybe expand on it more. Um, like he even said, we have a lot of static going on in our head, and it's like you got to shut that shit off and just like find mm-hmm. like that one little channel. And I think, you know, as tr- being born into this world, I think we kind of are a little bit still open to that. And I think yeah. just as the way we are bred, whatever, the matrix we're in, if you want to go that far with it, you kind of lose that whole intuition of even picking up that sing- signal anymore. Yep. And I think I, I, when you get older or if something happens and you happen to tune into that again, I think at that point it's almost kind of like it's something there that you know you can eventually again if you try. You know what I'm getting at? So, like, I do think, like, what you're saying is that as a child, you had that experience, and it's somewhere inside that frequency, your brain can still pick up that station. It just, when it happens to happen. Yeah, I think the word that you used that is extremely important in that statement is intuition. Yeah. Because a lot of what I, I think technology has done to us is killed our intuition off or at least made made a lot of people in this world look at intuition as this thing that they shouldn't even look into you know when you have people of the 20th and even 19th century like tesla um and then 20th century einstein i mean both in, in the 20th century but saying at points in their career that intuition is the most important thing that human beings should be aware of um i think those are statements from very smart people that should be worth looking into and a lot of this modern technology has killed off the belief in intuition. You know, you know for, yeah, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed yeah, it. Yeah, for, for very like science based, mm-hmm. you know, shit when, when really like it's not science based that people are actually thinking of. They're, they're talking about academia. Like academia has killed off science. Yeah. There's a, and there's a large difference. It's like the diff, you know, it's like when people cite peer reviewed studies. Well, like, what the fuck is a peer-reviewed study? It's a it's an academic reviewing a scientific paper going and getting together at a roundtable going, do we all agree with this? And everybody goes, yeah, you're nay. You know? They don't know anything about the fucking science that was done in those things. They're just a bunch of assholes sitting around a table going, we believe in this. Or, nope, this is unbelievable. That's, that's the, yeah, that's, I think, one of the biggest problems is that instead of people kind of, like, Talking and theorizing on ideas, we are just handed facts about shit now. Yeah, and then that's which might it. not even be fucking facts. Yes, you know. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, actually, it's probably more so not a fact than it is at that point. You know. Yeah. So yeah, it's very interesting. I definitely think uh, you know it's funny. We and I'll probably wrap it up now if you don't mind. No, um, no, it's fine. Uh, I did a show with, I think, Lux and uh, it might have been the real fake talk show. I can't remember. I think it was just us three. And we were talking about, I think, kind of ending with talking about, like, you know, how we have no imagination anymore. And we really don't follow our intuition. We're pretty much just like a programmed robot. And uh, 
I don't I don't know what the fuck made me think about it, and I ended up using part of the song for like the intro of the episode. And when I was watching the video, I was like, was this fucking bitch telling us all the way back then? I fucking came across um I think it's called I think it might be Intuition by Jewel. Believe if you remember that fucking song. As crazy as it sounds, if you go back and look at that fucking video from all the way back then and listen to what the fuck she was actually yeah. saying in that song, she was telling you then to just listen to your own fucking self, your own heart, your own intuition, and she is showing you how fucking the TV and commercialism is telling everybody what the fuck to think in, the, in her yep. video. Yep. That fucking right. chick back then right. was telling us what the fuck was coming. You're absolutely and that's right. probably yeah. why she's not famous anymore. It was because she wasn't yep. down with that bullshit. <laughs> there's there's theories on that. I've read some theories about that. Exactly what you're talking about. about it was crazy as it anymore. sounds. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Jewel. She was and, dropping jewels. Oh my God. <laughs> that, that broad can sing, man. She can sing. And talking about frequency earlier, and she can sing. I mean, just, yeah. you know, just these things are connected. Shit. Yeah, no, I, I shit you not. If, if some reason, uh, that song popped into my head, and I used part of that for the intro, because I was like, yo, if you really look at the lyrics in her video, I mean, she was fucking telling us then the same thing we were just talking about now. We don't follow our intuition anymore. We're captivated by what the fuck the TV and the media and fucking advertisement tell us. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, that's a, so I always tell people, you can change the world in one easy step. It, well, it's not so easy, but one step. Make advertisement illegal. Oh. It would change the entire world immediately. <laughs> It'll no, never happen. Ain't that the truth, though? <laughs> You're totally right. But it would bring the entire world's economics to its fucking knees in, like, hours. Yeah. And, you know, and you know who would actually prosper the most? That all the fucking mom and pop stores. Yes, they would. <laughs> yep. Yes, they would. You're totally right. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. That's pretty interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt, why don't you let everybody know about your show and that you have and where they can find it? All right. Uh, I am the co-host of the podcast, Our Brains Hurt. Um, you can find us across all podcast pl- streaming platforms. Um, let's see. You can also find us at ourbrainshurt.com. There's all links to there. You can find myself uh, at Twitter, uh, at MattAlive13. My co-host, Ron, at Ron Shakes. Um, Yeah, we like to have discussions with people. Uh, Let's see. I think, I I guess that's about it for the podcast. Um, Oh, we we cover, we're a punk rock podcast. So as I said before, the lead vocalist is a punk rock band, Savage Remains. Um, Nice. Nice. Ron, my co-host, is the bassist of a punk rock band called The Ailments, and uh, we have a lot of punk rock guests on. Sometimes we dive into stuff like this show. Uh, we had we've had like people like Pete from Creepy Little Book on, and we have Oz on as a return guest a lot. Um, and we dive into a few other subjects as well. But uh, if you like music, you like punk rock, um, you know we're a, we're a cool spot to hang out, and you can learn stuff about some musicians. And we also play a couple songs sometimes by our guests, depending on who they are. Nice, nice. You know, you know. I actually have a, a listener that uh, they might be interested in your show now. If when they hear this, that is, uh, he actually tours. I think he's like the guitar. He does something with like setting up or whatever for uh, for Rancid. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, interesting. Yeah, it did totally different show. Which uh, you know, if that's your type of stuff, go and check it out. You know what I'm saying? That's a little bit Sweet. different. 
Yeah, a little bit it's, different it's, than this show, but go check it out. It's funny that you mentioned Rancid, actually, because like from all our fans over the you know over the years, like Rancid is the band that we get most compared to. To be honest, I mean, there's an obvious oh, Misfits shit, comparison okay. there, but lots and lots of people go, "Oh man, I hear Rancid in there. I hear Rancid in there." Nice. So, okay, very interesting. Yeah. All right, so that's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have Golden uh, Starford, I think. And he's been on a couple of shows as well. I forget the name that he goes by, but uh yeah, he he tours with them and stuff, so interesting. Yeah. Uh and uh Oz, do you want to at least plug some of the shows you've been on and some of the topics yeah, I, you've covered? Yeah, for sure. I've been on the uh, I've been on your show and my Patriot and yeah. I am a recurring guest on Our Brains Hurt and we are I'll be on just for Easter and we're going to ruin Easter. So that'll be fun. We're going to tear that shit down. Nice. <laughs> looking forward to it. This is going to be some fucking great shit. Nice, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm going to have to have you come on and, and, and do that probably as well, or uh, at least ruin other holidays that I know that you've covered. Right on. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So um, uh, I'll get your links from you, Matt, after the show, and his links will be in the show notes. Uh, the show, my show, all the places you can find it at will be in the show notes. Um also, in case you haven't heard yet, I mean, I've been mentioning it. Um, we do have a YouTube tour and more that has like me, my show, The Occult Rejects and Lux Rising, uh, maybe even other shows that we happen to go on. We might publish on there. Definitely check that out. It doesn't have everything we do, but stuff like this episode, I'll definitely put on there because it's not going to probably get censored by YouTube. You know, there is some stuff I know we can't put on there, but, it, yeah. you know, go check that out. Uh, the link for our Discord, very active Discord. Uh, e, so you, you can have you been in our Discord before? Sorry, I just yeah, I've, been, I've been in the Discord since the since the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can I vouch. The beginning, it's actually pretty active. I think for a Discord yeah. group. Yeah, yeah it's, and, it's always always some shit going on in there. And it has nothing to do with me or Lux at all. It really is just the fans and the people yeah, involved. The fans just fucking around, yeah. Yeah, it is really pretty active. I have to give it to them. That's why I like to promote it a lot. It's really just a good place to find. I mean, you have an idea, something you're looking into. You ask, uh, does anybody know anything about this? You're probably going to get a bunch of people throwing you a bunch of stuff to look at. It's really a, a cool, active group. Um, definitely check that out and check out. I have the links for Lux's new show and the occult rejects. Uh, all right. I think I'm done with all the fucking show notes and links. Um, thank you guys again for coming on. Uh, I will definitely do something with you again as well. I thought this was great. Sure. It was a oh, lot yeah. of, a lot of fun. Actually, it was a, a good way to spend my Saturday morning. For sure, I got I got more stories too. Oh but yeah, no, actually, at the end of it, I got more. Yeah. yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't because, like I was saying, I would like to probably have you come back on either that other show or at least on my show again. And the same thing with you, Oz. So uh, yeah, yeah, I think we'll definitely be uh, doing this whole uh, this whole thing again. Um, thank you guys. I had like I said, I had a really good time. I had a nice Saturday morning. Got a little fucking stoned. Heard your stories. Oh, yeah. Definitely some interesting stuff, and I had some good talks. So. I hope the listeners got something out of it. And until the next one, everybody be well. Later.